live from the Keltech Studios. It's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast from the Keltech Studios. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, where we promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing real good. Good week? We're having a good week so far? Oh, Everything yes. going all right? Oh, yes. Outstanding. Listen, let's get let's, get, let's go around the table here. Everybody's got to gotta know who here, who is here with me. And you, <laughs> and you can't tell the players without a program. So here we go. On my right, my right-hand man, the great, 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 great grandson of Daniel Boone. <laughs> Please welcome him back. His name is Earl. I think that might be the favorite part of the show. Oh, yeah. That might yeah. be it right yeah. there. Everybody jams out to that. Well, That's... it's your favorite part. <laughs> You're my favorite part. Well, yeah. mine too. He likes it. Yeah. It's he my favorite part. Yeah, there we go. Three to one, we win. <laughs> or as in my family, my daughter says, Mommy... That's one in three-fifths vote, I win. <laughs> my daughter knows she's not an adult yet. She doesn't get a full vote, so we give her a three-fifths vote. You compromise with her? And so we, when we take the vote around the room, it's me and my daughter usually agree, so it's one in three-fifths. Are you going by pounds or, or height? <laughs> no, I get a vote. My wife gets a vote. My daughter's not an adult, so she gets a three-fifth vote. So it's usually the swing vote. But. <laughs> Whichever one brings ice cream. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly what? Right. I'm, I'm I'm bringing her a little brother. She's going <laughs> to drop one off and go, congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Mike. Here's your new baby. Yep. Figure it out. I would take it. I would take the baby. Uh, on no. my left, in the 10 o'clock position, is the legal ninja himself, the courtroom assassin. Please welcome him back, Mr. Kevin Maxwell. I actually, thank you, Michael. I actually think I'd probably get in less trouble for bringing a baby than a dog. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, nobody at the house is allergic to babies. Well, uh, uh, I don't think your memory is quite as clear as you think <laughs> it is. Give it spinach. Give it spinach. Give baby spinach. Please don't bring up babies and spinach. <laughs> uh, next to Mr. Maxwell is the samurai sidekick. Please welcome back Alec L. Weber. L. Oh, Alec L. Weber. Esquire. Sir. 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 How are you doing today, sir? I'm fantastic. You got my name right. Well, hey, you know, laws of averages. Sooner or later. There's only 26 middle names. I've got that little finishes he can go through. I've got like my little hangman game over here. No, no, no. He used foreign languages. Lambda. I've got my little coordinates in there. Hangman game over here, and I've crossed through all the other letters. The L was left. You know, yeah. We've been doing this a while. I finally figured out it was Alec L. I could have looked at one of his cards, but that would involve effort. Yeah. So, you know, we're working on there. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Exactly, exactly. He is a nut. So, gentlemen, how... Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> how was your week? Any great thing uh, from the report from the world of law? Any any good we, case stories you could tell us that you, of course, our, changed the names to protect the innocent? Our, our This week, we had more tragedies affect our clients than we did benefits. We lost two. Ouch. They, and not because they fired us. That's because they passed away. Ooh. And that's... There's... You know, occasionally, you will have that happen. And when it happens, what you want to hear from opposing counsel is their condolences. And that's what I got from the opposing counsels in these two cases this week. But I have had an instance where opposing counsel, they're from South Florida, right. called me back to respond to my notice that he had passed away. And his response or her response was, 
wow, it must suck to be you. That's a great one. Really? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's oh, a, you can wow. feel the empathy coming through yeah. the phone there. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's the kind that's of lawyer I start taking cases against their law firm yeah. for free. Just, just <laughs> put a billboard up in front of their building saying, I'll represent you for half price. Yeah. yeah. That that kind of, you know, puts a reason behind the, the old joke of, you know, why don't sharks bite lawyers? Yeah. Professional, Professional courtesy. courtesy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're sorry for your loss at the firm. We hope uh, everybody uh, involved uh, uh, keeps their head up and, and keeps moving on. I, I know that uh, from having dealt with death, I'll say this: it's um, uh, it's not going to get better soon, but it'll start to suck less. <laughs> I, I would, I'll share that with the family. I, I no, I won't. No, actually, uh, it, it's going to suck for them plenty as it is right now. Sure, sure. But I was going to say before it gets better, it just sucks less. Yeah. It just, and I mean that in a very respectful way. It's just. It, it, the way it comes it out doesn't of get my better. brain. Yeah, yeah, it, just, it doesn't get better. It just sucks less. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also lost this week uh, baseball great Yogi Berra. Uh, I don't know if you guys are baseball fans. I have a little bit of enjoyment for the game. Uh, he and I used to go to a place in Winter Park little, together huh? when we were younger. You and Yogi. Yeah, but yeah, we had to stop because nobody ever went there anymore. It was too busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin popping out some Yogi-isms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know one of... Uh, uh, one of my, one of the, one of his favorite stories I've heard about Yogi was during one of the old timers games uh, at a Yankee Stadium. He was sitting there with Cleet Boyer, another uh, old time Yankee, not as famous as Yogi, but nonetheless. Um, and Yogi's known for, for for many things. You know, it's it ain't over till it's over. When you come to the fork in the road, take it. You know, all, all of the great Yogiisms. And Cleet asked him. He said, "Yogi, what what do you think when you die? What do you think they're gonna What are they gonna put on your on your uh, tombstone?" And he goes, "I don't know. It's over." <laughs> so he knew sweet and short to the yeah, point he knew. it's over wow he's saying that is like deja vu all over again. it's like deja vu all over again. <laughs> what I, I must have said that for 40 years before my wife ever understood what the hell i was talking about <laughs> deja vu all over one, one of my favorite ones and i know it would, it would apply this, this week is, is he used to say uh, always go to other people's funerals otherwise they won't go to yours pretty much <laughs> And, and, and with yogiisms, you know, when he said it at first, it just made you think. You were like, always go to other people's funerals. <laughs> and you're like, you know, yeah, okay. that's right, though. Yeah, he's he's right. Right. I see where he's going. He's got a point. I see where okay. he's going. Okay. Why, didn't, why didn't they hire him for the Captain Obvious commercial? Well, that's just it. It was another one that he, say, he would say, um, you can observe a lot by watching. Yes, well, you can. Y- yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. Dude's I knew, brilliant. I know what he was. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> that's you know, this that's is... how I learned to practice law. I just sit in the courtroom. <laughs> the, no, um, no, y'all go ahead. I'll wait my turn. That's the way we ahead. sit around and read Sun Tzu now, you know, is going right. to be, you know, hundreds of years from now, they're going to be sitting around reading, you, you know, yogiisms. And we're going, oh, you, you know. Oh, never he, answer, he's a brilliant guy. Never answer it's, an anonymous letter. You know? <laughs> it was one of, it, it, one is, the, is the president a professional wrestler when they're reading these? No, no, no. These are, these are. This is real yogiisms. Let me see. Uh, um, if people don't come to the ballpark, how are we going to stop them? What? what? <laughs> but, huh? But uh, wait, I get it. I know what he's trying to say, and you know, it's just uh, all right. Well, we'll we'll get some more. We'll get some more yogiisms as we get as we get throughout the show. Hey, we got a great guest coming up in the next segment. It's. Uh, Colonel Danny McKnight. And if you guys know who Colonel Danny McKnight is, uh, if you've ever seen the movie Black Hawk Down, Tom Sizemore played his uh, character. He was the Ranger Battalion ground commander, the guy, the lieutenant colonel running back and forth in the Humvees on the ground. That's uh, Colonel Danny McKnight. If you want to follow along, learn about him as we're we're talking to him. 
Simple website, dannymcknight.com. dannymcknight.com. He's got a book out. It's called The Streets of Mogadishu, uh, Leadership at Its Best, Political Correctness at Its Worst. So you can follow along with us there. Or else they want to text their questions and uh, and send us the tweeters. How do they do that? They can send us a tweet on Twitter, at Armsroom Radio. They can send us an email, radio at armsroom.com. They can send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash armsroomradio. There you go. You know how to give it, get a hold of us. You know how to send us your comments. If they come in during the show while we're talking to Colonel McKnight, we'll, we'll, we'll pipe it up. We'll ask him. Mm-hmm. We will definitely uh, get to it. Uh, that's, in a fact, na- that's a Navy. Pipe, pipe it up. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. All right. thought you were an Army guy. Yeah, you know, what day of the week. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. When we come back, Colonel Danny McKnight. We'll see you then. Listening to Arms Room Radio live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now. 407 774 8255. 407 774 8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio live coast to coast with Mike and the guys in the Kiltech Studios. And this segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by SendMeAmmo.com. And welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Guys, have a good break. Good break. Oh, yes. Quick one, quick one. I know we're getting started early. Getting started early. Uh, Joining us today, we have a very special guest joining us in the studio, retired Army Colonel Danny McKnight. Sir, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm here with you guys. (laughs) For those of you that don't remember Colonel McKnight, uh, the the easy reference, I'll give you the gimme, was in the movie Black Hawk Down, uh, Tom Sizemore played Colonel McKnight. Uh, Obviously, uh, a stellar career beyond just that one incident in your career. We want to talk to you about before, we want to talk to you about after, we want to talk to you about during, but that's who Colonel McKnight is if you're looking him up real quick while we're we're talking to him. So thank you for being here, sir. Thank you for your service, and, and thank you. Thank you for... Well, thank you for being awesome. I'm a little starstruck. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, Listen, when I went through OCS, when I went through, we we, we studied Colonel McKnight's book. We uh, I made my soldiers read it after that. So I'm I'm a I'm a little awestruck sitting across from from you, sir. So makes me really feel old. Huh? <laughs> I've never seen you unable to formulate words. I know this is a switch, uh, sir. Coming up next week, it's 22 years since the Battle of Mogadishu. Um, I, I want to know from leader to leader. Do you, do you still keep in touch with your rangers? Do you talk to the soldiers that were there? Do you see them anymore? Do you? What, what's your extent of the relationship from that day? I uh, do stay in touch with them as much as possible. And in that I am a motivational speaker and travel the country, I have a great advantage. I've uh, done that in all 50 states, so I get to run across quite a few of them. And uh, I've actually had them attend events with me a few times. And uh, every five years since 1993, I have uh, gone on a journey around October 3rd to visit my six guys that have, were killed. So uh, they're always there with me, the ones that are still with us, thank goodness, and the ones that aren't, they're still with me too. Yes, sir. I know exactly mm. what you mean. I've made the, the trip myself to visit some soldiers that are not on this side with us anymore. Yep. Uh, what was the difference between the movie and the book? I mean, I know that I'm sure they had to take some shortcuts uh, between real life and, and the movie. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say the book by Mark Bowden, which I have to you know give him credit for writing the book. Uh, he wrote the book. It came out in 1998. Uh, my input to the book was zero. 
because I had a rule, which doesn't surprise a lot of people, and that was as long as I was wearing the uniform, I wouldn't discuss anything I did. That's or a, was part of it. That was sense. my rule. It's so a perfect rule. So he knew that, and therefore he didn't contact me. I think he did a great job. I told him probably 80 85% accurate. Okay. And, you know, his second cousin's a former head coach at Florida State University, Bobby Bowden. So <laughs> yes, yes, similar, that's a good thing. So I think Mark Bowden did a very good job. Right. And uh, when I talked to him about it, I told him, he said, well, what 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 wasn't quite right? I said, don't worry about it. I'll correct it in my book. And, of course, as you know, I, I, I wrote a book. So, you know, I had a little different viewpoint than he did, obviously, right. because I was there. But I think he did a great job. And, then, of course, the, the movie's based on the book that he wrote. Uh, I'd say Ridley Scott and Jerry Bruckheimer are really good at what they do. And uh, they had two guys who were retired colonels that were uh, lieutenant colonels over there, uh, a couple of my counterparts. And they had retired, and they became the uh, technical advisors for the movie. And I think that's the reason that movie is about 75% accurate, which I think is phenomenal because nice. way too often you'll get it to be 50 if you're lucky yeah. because everybody wants to create things. They didn't really create a lot of things. They did create a few little things that weren't totally accurate. But overall, I think it was very well done. Yeah, from the I'm sorry, Earl, from the from the military side, I know it's it's hard for me, it's hard for you to go sit down and watch a movie that you're you, you so want to see, even if it's a historical movie, if it's something more current that uh, you or I may have been involved in or been involved next to, to see the the, the bad details in a movie. I, I get maybe the story got told wrong, but to see the branch insignia on the wrong side, <laughs> or, to, or to see somebody carrying the rifle the wrong way, that drives me nuts. That's yeah. well, we might as well just get up and leave because this is not going to work for me. Where's the continuity, guys? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. just drilling down into the details. And I've seen the movie, and that's that's my main reference. That's you know mm-hmm. one of the things that that uh, Mike gave on me, and getting into the character or the the actor that played did the job that you did. I've got to ask that one line, you know, sir, they're shooting at us. Well, shoot back. <laughs> is, I, is that I is never that said that. Oh, <laughs> the reason man. I never said that was they knew the first round fired at us. They didn't need to ask. And okay. I did ask Tom Sizemore when I met him. Why did he say that? He said, you know, I just did. It wasn't even in the script. And uh, really, Scott and Jerry Bruckheimer, they said, okay, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, said, yeah, 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 but it was stupid, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like the, the yeah. real life thing that the, the your soldiers wouldn't need to no. ask you. No, so. absolutely not. I know one of the things, sir, I've got from, from reading your book, from reading Mark Bowden's book, from, from hearing the stories of some of your rangers that were there. And the one word that I've heard described is, is fearless, that and I, and I know a lot of that is from being the leader and being the good leader, that if you could instill fearlessness into your troops, not bravery without knowledge, but but fearlessness into your troops, and they look at you and say, well, well crap, the, the colonel's standing right there, and he's giving orders like, like this is a damn training exercise, then that's they're going to respond that way. Uh, and, and, I, and I know some of that fearlessness is acting, and some of that is from, from inside. Uh, and well, I mean, I'm going to stop there. We're, <laughs> I, again, I'm, I'm playing the fanboy right. over here. Uh, um, we call that coaching the witness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who was your, your leadership example growing up in the military, either before or during the military? I know I looked to a, a couple before, and I don't want to say them because I'm hoping they're the same. Yeah. Well, I, I was so, so fortunate. In 1978, I went to Korea, young captain, only been captain for about a little over a year, maybe a year at that time. 
And I was going to 6th Infantry Division. I was assigned to an infantry battalion. Uh, became the battalion personnel S1 guy. And about three months after I was there, the aide for the division commander of 2nd Infantry Division, his aide had to go back home, family emergency, and wasn't going to make it back. So uh, the general had to get a new aide. And uh, uh, they put all the requirements out. And I told my boss, I said, here's the two guys in our battalion. And he says, your name's not there. I said, Why not? I said, well, I haven't commanded at all. He says, yeah, but you got a big ranger background, and so does the general. So I put my name in, and I got interviewed and became the aide for the, the division commander. Uh, it was probably the most significant time in my career because the guy that I worked for was a two-star general at the time, retired as a three-star. He was a 17-year-old private on D-Day when he made a combat jump with the 82nd. Uh, jumped in Mo- at Moonsan-E in Korea during mm-hmm. the Korean War, the only combat jump with the 187 the 101st. And uh, I got to spend nine months walking around in Korea with him where he had fought. Wow. I also got to see a guy that leads by example and earns the respect of the people that they're leading. The guy is Lieutenant General Retired David E. Grange, Jr., whose best ranger competition is named after him. Yes, sir. That was the man that I worked for. <laughs> nine months at, in Korea. Then when he went to back to take command at Fort Benning from there. He asked me to go with him, and I gladly did, and I was his aide about eight more months. I saw a man that started out as a 17-year-old private. Uh, just I saw what leadership was all about. And so anything I did, I really blame it on him because, <laughs> because I tried to be like him. It's all your fault. I couldn't be, but I tried. And when I took command of the Ranger Regiment, his son was the regimental commander, passed colors to me. Wow. Not a bad deal. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. A, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, but he had the greatest impact without question. That's great. I, I, I've had a couple, but it, it, the story just doesn't match. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just, you know, we're just we're just not going there. Move along. Move along. Uh, sir, what's your thoughts on the uh, and a loaded question? We just got just over two minutes left for for this segment. Our current military leadership, um, very poor, in my opinion. I believe that uh, the chief of staff, uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, who just left, who was uh, Army General right. General Dempsey, I think he uh, bowed under constantly. Uh, to the pressure of the president, uh, and I just think at some point you got to stop. And I didn't see anybody stopping. And uh, we've got a Marine now as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Maybe he'll stand up to him. We can't just say yes when we know it's not right, and that's what happened too much. It, it amazes me that so many officers got to such a high position of authority and have the trait of, uh, of cowing down to the leadership, like you said. I don't know how you get to be... A, a, a lieutenant colonel. I don't know how you get to be an officer at all if if your your response is, oh, just do what we tell you to do because we want you to play along like our team." I, that was never me. I, I've read your book. I've, I've I've met you now. That's not you. I don't know how the current leadership gets to wear four stars when the whole point is to, well, it's mission first, soldiers always, and none of them have that in mind. It's my career first, my career first, your career second. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And that's what you see. You're exactly right. And it's a shame because we've got too much good leadership out there that I think could be willing to do the right thing. I had only two bosses in my entire military career that I didn't get along with. And probably one of the reasons I didn't get along with them because they tell me to do something stupid. It didn't go well with me. You know? <laughs> probably one of the reasons I retired as a, a colonel and nothing higher. But sir, I don't no, care. Sir. I wouldn't change it one bit. 
Understood, understood. We um, we had Alan West on a few weeks back, and we talked about it too. It's just some of the ridiculous decisions coming out. I think the the recent one that the Army has done is, if you have combat experience, that no longer counts towards promotion points on the enlisted or the officer side. It's gone. Yeah. It's, it's there's there's no sense in that whatsoever. That's that's yeah, makes no makes no sense at all. Yeah, you, really your, your score on a on a PT test or on an oral review board cuts counts more than how you held your your, your head and and protected your men in combat. Yep. And if you mention if you had Alan West, I feel honored because he and I finally met each other about a year or so ago down when I spoke in, for him down in uh, South Florida. He's a great man. He is a great man. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. Colonel Danny McKnight's with us. To Armstrong Radio, live from the Keltec Studios. Call the Keltec Studios online right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now more Arms Room Radio. Live coast to coast with Mike and the guys in the Keltec Studios. This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by GunTech USA. For tactical excellence, check them out online at guntechusa.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A dot com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. I'll have to talk to the audience, tell them to keep it under control. Yeah, they're, 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 they're excited. They're, they're get, yeah, getting a little jumpy there. We have a distinguished guest. <laughs> the, uh, thank you, Alex. Joining us back is Colonel Daly McFight, retired U.S. Army, uh, was the Ranger Battalion Commander and Battle of Mogadishu, and that's where... Probably most of you remember him from. He also has a book out, The Streets of Mogadishu, Leadership at Its Best, Political Correctness at Its Worst. Um, besides following you to one of your speaking events and buying the book there, how can people get your book, sir? I'll uh, go to my website, which is just uh, dannymcknight.com. And uh, on there, you'll find probably more than you want to know about me. And, uh, <laughs> a lot of people say, well, you know, you got a lot of information on there. And I said, yeah, why? They said, maybe you're putting too much on there. And I said, you know, people want to know I put it there. I'll live with it, with mm-hmm. the repercussions, whatever. But anyway, go to the website. There's a page on there about the book. You download one piece of paper, fill it out, mail it to me with the appropriate amount of money, <laughs> and uh, we I sign it and send it back. Nice. Wonderful. Nice. Quick turnaround. We're, we're going to be getting some of those in the future. We've got some on order. And in, in the meantime, we've got Mark Bowden's book here, Black Hawk Down. The colonel's going to be signing for us, and we'll be sending those out to one of our listeners, whichever question we uh, end up picking out that you guys are sending us and, mm-hmm. and uh, texting and emailing into us. Uh, on, and on the uh, the old the, the Twitter feed, yeah, the, the Twitter, Twitter face, feed. The uh, Twitter face, yeah. <laughs> what you just call? Uh, one that has come in on the Twitter is: we just talked about the current military leadership. What's your assessment of our current military state of readiness? Uh, far, far below what it should be. Right. Uh, I think at the height of fighting the wars we were fighting, uh, I think we were the best that's ever probably walked the face of the earth. We are diminishing that so much because we're. Uh, of course, really reducing the numbers are unbelievable. And I think we'll pay for that one day. Hopefully not anytime soon, but I don't know that it won't be. Because if you take what we've got down as far as we're taking it, and we're impacting the Garden Reserve too, but you take that combat experience and you hand a captain or a major his piece of paper and say, oh, by the way, and you're in Afghanistan when you get it, and you get told uh, 
when your tour is up, you will get back and have 90 days to get out of the Army. you got to be kidding me. We're losing that experience, and we're losing people that won't even come in now because they're worried about having to deal with that. Well, our readiness is probably the worst right now that it's been probably since I went in the Army, and that was in 73, because it was pretty, wasn't real good then after Correct. Vietnam and everything. Correct. We had to get through the Carter administration, you know, mm-hmm. right. and thank God for Ronald Reagan. Uh, you know, Thank God. I'm hoping he'll come back soon. But, yes. uh, anyway, uh, I think that readiness that we saw then is where we're headed, and we're probably, unfortunately, getting closer to it than we want to real quick. It's a. It's been a couple of years. I mean, even even when I was overseas, we said we're getting to the point where we're breaking the back of the soldier uh, with the multiple deployments, and they tried every method they could to uh, put time between deployments to, to lengthen the time of the deployments. But it got to the point where it was only it was breaking the back of the the soldier, breaking the back of the soldier's families, breaking the back of the, of the, of the service itself. Um, and to can you continue to do it and ignore the problems that were going on? Uh, were were uh, we're they're showing catastrophic results now? Mm-hmm. You know, and now that the, the services are again uh, manning down and ripping people out. Uh, before at least they put them in the guard and reserve. Now it's just. Can't even go there. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, you're, yes. you're out. Because the Guard and the Reserve now have as many uh, combat veterans as the active duty does. Uh, amazingly so. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah. Yep. Uh, coming from a youngin, can you uh, – what was the military preparedness like in between Desert Storm and 9-11, I mean, compared to now? The readiness when we hit with Desert Storm, I think we were prepared. We could handle that because mm-hmm. – Fortunately, we had made a great transition in eight years with Ronald Reagan. Right. That got us ready. And I think when we did that, I, I think we were just fine. I really do. I think we could have done more quicker and made some things easier, but, you know, there was decisions made. Uh, and then to where we are today, it's so far really? gone from where that is. And, and a lot of those people, you you know, you talk around 1990, say, you know, it was a good target date. And it really wasn't that long ago, 20 years ago, roughly. Yeah. And we've we've lost so much experience, and the problem is the people that are experienced now are the people we're telling them to leave. You know? Yeah, it's 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 we're not shame. promoting because they have that experience. Yeah. It's it's almost like the the big companies. You tell right. the fifteen year old guy he's got to leave because it's cheaper to keep the young ones mm-hmm. and just right. keep recycling yeah. them through. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined in eighty eight uh, and was in until two thousand eleven. Uh, didn't get to go to Desert Storm, uh, but. To answer your help, answer your question. Like that time in between, we were we we wanted it, and we we just we were waiting for somebody to kick dirt on us, uh, to, to kick sand <laughs> in our face. We, we used to sing cadences that said, "Somebody, anybody, start a war now." We just we didn't care where. We just wanted right. you to point us in that direction. Gotcha. You know, and and to to get it done. And now it's, can I just get thirty days you know, home? <laughs> oh, I want to see my wife. Yeah. I mean, you you, you want to talk about what I think of the status of the military is today is. Syria and ISIS, and I just saw where they're now going to uh, ramp up, they said, the mission to do something with ISIS. They're way, way too late. Yeah, yeah We should have done that curve. six, eight months ago yeah. when they were starting out. But, no, we waited thinking we could get them, I don't know, to pack up and leave or something. And they say, well, they because they only had about five or 6,000 initially. Well, they said, yeah, well, we've killed 15,000. I'm trying to figure out who's going to count these dead bodies. Okay? <laughs> sure. I really am. Yeah. The Vietnam body counts uh, yeah, all Exactly. Well, exactly. So that, that, that 
5,000 or so that started out is probably 35,000 today. Right. And unfortunately, I believe some of them are already here with you and I. Uh, yeah, coming yeah. in now with the uh, with the with the Muslim immigrants. Sure. Um, yeah, I saw Marcos Luttrell last week say he was asked, "What do we do to get rid of ISIS?" And he said, "Just take the ROE off the 300 Marines that are in Baghdad right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just point them in that direction. Yeah, start go. Yeah, yeah, start yeah. exactly, exactly. Because yeah, that's what they're doing. They're over there, you know, they're there, but they're not able to do what they need to do. Marcos is right again. <laughs> Put you on the spot with this one, sir. Who who do you want to see as our next Secretary of Defense when we get the when we get the big house back? In your opinion. Besides yourself, of course. You know, gee, it's amazing because I look at the Secretary of Defenses we've had and I haven't been very happy for a long time, even going back to 1993. And that yep. was when Les Aspen was there because right. that was the impact we had. You know, I, I really don't know, but I don't uh, – see, we just got a new Secretary of the Army. You do realize that? I do. Okay. Another mistake was made. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and I don't know what was wrong with the one that we had. McCune well, didn't do a bad job at all. This administration no. likes to put people in places just because they fit a, a minority peg, not because they're You're qualified. Right. Exactly right. Not mm-hmm. saying the gentleman in five or ten years wouldn't be qualified. Yeah. He was put in place now because if he fits a minority peg. Yeah. A minority peg, and he mm-hmm. was in the Army when he declared that he was a minority. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, trying to be no, nice. I'm, I'm there. And yeah. uh, that's the reason he got put in there, and I don't think that's right because I don't think he's got the experience. Correct. Uh, I, I don't really know who's going to be the, the one that's going to you know, follow it as a Secretary of Defense, but all I know is it's going to be an impact depending on who the president is. Yeah, that's, that's – So they have to go together, and, and right now I'm not sure. Very true, very true. I do have an idea who I want to be the president, but that's yeah. – <laughs> who's, who's your idea? If I voted today. If we voted today. Yeah, let's caveat that. If I voted, I voted today. today, I'd vote for Ben Carson. He's not a politician. It's true. He just speaks, and he speaks so smartly. And the VP candidate would be Carly. Oh, Fiorona. Another yeah, yeah. non-politician. Right. Mm-hmm. Listen to them when they talk. Right. They know what they're saying. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry Donald Trump has great ideas, <laughs> but he can't execute half of what he's telling us. And that's unfortunate, <laughs> but we know it's true. He can't, you know. Money doesn't speak at that point, you know. And so that's that's the way I feel about it right now. It could change, sure. We have a long ways to go. But right now, those two people, I think, would make a great team. Oh, as long as it's not Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't worry. She's done. She's, done. she's been done by her own doing. So, I actually thought I saw a study that said she got a bump in the polls, but that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. That was because yeah. Bill voted for her. Yeah. <laughs> Question for you. If you so choose to exercise your Second Amendment rights of carrying, what's your preferred sidearm now that you're in the civilian life? Uh, I own a Glock 19. Very nice. Yes. And uh, when I am traveling in my car mm-hmm. and it's after dark, mm-hmm. it's with me. So that's what I do. And I have a concealed weapon permit, as you could imagine anyway. And the next thing I have to do is get my wife hers and I get my stepson his. And let's see, anybody else that can help? Well, sir, we know a place where you can get those concealed <laughs> weapons permits. It's pretty close to where you live, too. Good. So, Thank you. Sir, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're running out of time. We know you've got to get scheduled to meet. Uh, go to dannymcknight.com. You can get the book. You can see where where you're uh, giving your, uh, your speeches, your motivational speeches. Yep. And please, we'd love to have you back someday. We will do it. Don't you worry. Thank you all. You're listening thank to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Caltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. 
You're listening to Armtroom Radio, live from the Keltec Studios. Call the Armtroom Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Armtroom Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Keltec Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Huh? How about that for a guest, guys? Colonel Danny McKnight. Oh, yeah. Top notch. Been Top there, fantastic. done that. Uh, my only uh, only regret is that the colonel had to leave, and we didn't have more time with him. Uh, got, got places to be. Yeah, he does. Very popular man going on to do a speaking engagement, uh, you know, heading right out of town here. Um, I know he'll be back. We grabbed him between the break. We're yes, going to have him back yes. at some point in the future. We've got about another... You know, 80 hours worth of questions, you know, <laughs> from what everybody was tweeting and uh, texting into us. Maybe and a lot more things for it him might to be, sign. Might yeah. be more if you stumble over your words more. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I, I've got to tell you guys, a little little, uh, little uh, starstruck there. You know, maybe, the, maybe you'll get over that. We, we, uh, you looked like a little girl on prom night. I, I could. I could. <laughs> Uh, in no universe, <laughs> the uh, the colonel's uh, books, the colonel's book, "The Streets of Mogadishu: Leadership at Its Best, Political Correctness at Its Worst," was one of the ones uh, we was required reading uh, in in my unit for the officers, part of our professional development program. Uh, I passed it down to many of the soldiers I had that were uh, rising through the ranks and wanted them to get some keen insight from a, a, a an incredible, uh, learned, battle hearted man. So. It was uh, was quite quite pleasing to have him in here with us, and we'll definitely definitely have him back. So, thank you again to Colonel McKnight. And if you want to again take a look, it go to dannymcknight dot com. You can you can get his book again. That's the Streets of Mogadishu: Leadership at Its Best, Political Correctness at Its Worst. Uh, we also have uh, between the break, we had Colonel sign our copy of Black Hawk Down. Uh, God bless America, Lieutenant Colonel Danny McKnight, United States Army, Rangers lead the way. So somebody will be picking it out. We're going to we'll have to take a vote amongst ourselves and figure out who's getting it. We're going to be... Claimed. Uh, I'd okay. vote me. I was going to send it to a person that actually submitted the questions. Okay. <laughs> and and we'll do that. We'll, we're going to try and get some get some more later. So I can hack the, uh, the email and change the questions Nair's name to my name. <laughs> there you could. You, you, you're very yeah, good. We would notice it now. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you didn't well, just hear me say that. Everyone else would. I don't have those kind of skills. <laughs> so, thanks to him. Uh, gentlemen, uh, again, we talked about uh, earlier in the show, we lost Yogi Berra this week. Yes. Uh, when, at, when he was being, his number was being retired, uh, at Yankee Stadium many years ago, his quote was, "Thank you for making this day necessary." Thank you <laughs> for making this day necessary. Uh, he's frequently, frequently been a, a spring training instructor. He goes down to, uh, well, used to be St. Pete, now he goes to Tampa and does his. Uh, you know, he helps out. He's Yogi Berra. He's one of the one of the one of the greats of all time. Don't let there be fungus growing in your shower shoes, that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. He actually told all the guys there, the new guys. He said to go ahead and uh, pair off in threes. <laughs> oh, threes. He he used that Common Core math back then <laughs> too, yeah, huh? Yep, yep. So he's uh, but you everybody know, I, knew. That's, that's everybody that, knew to uh, pair uh, off in threes. That's and, that metric math. Buddy. <laughs> that metric math. <laughs> he didn't go to high school in Florida. Did he? No, no, no. I no, no, I'm thinking New York. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. Uh, gentlemen, if you saw 
the uh, your, the article in front of you called the Can Cannon classified as NFA regulated. I only got a couple of minutes before we hit the uh, the next hour, but I wanted to go over this with you. Have you ever gone to the gun shows? Have you ever watched some of these these uh, silly TV shows uh, with with some new unique firearms? I want you to imagine an AR rifle, uh, your standard M4 M16 clone that shoots semi-automatic uh, civilian model. I want you to take off the standard five five six barrel on there in your imagination, mm-hmm. and now replace that with a piece of pipe that's the size of a soda can. Mm-hmm. The, little, excuse me, little the width, bit bigger yeah, width but, of a soda can, and it's about I don't know foot foot and a half long. Uh, what you do is you uh, you put this upper together, and if you know an AR fifteen, two pins, pop a pin in, pop a pin in. Should be pop a pin out, pop a pin out. Take the upper off, pop two pins in. You mm-hmm. can you can move uppers and lowers around on AR-15s. They somebody created this where you put a blank round in. Blank rounds are pretty easy to find. You just you know check around the surplus stores. They've got them. Put a blank round in. That means it doesn't fire projectile. No projectile. Right. Just, just powder. Just powder mm-hmm. and and gas expels. Still dangerous. You know. Yeah. Don't, don't point it at somebody. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, but the gas buildup from that with an empty soda can in this shoots a soda can, and, and it's an empty soda can, mind you, shoots a soda can, eh, what is it, like 100 yards or something. It's cool. Um, this is actually a unique way, from what I've heard from people, that go, uh, it's like a new f- kind of skeet shooting. <laughs> yeah. So they'll shoot the empty can up in the air, and then your buddies are sitting there with their shotguns, and they shoot it. Oh. I have seen somebody use this with a simulated clay pigeon. I'm not a clay pigeon, but a, a, a down bird. Uh-huh. And the report of the firearm, they're training their dog to respond to the report of the firearm and then retrieve the down bird. Right. So this is their launcher mm-hmm. for the down bird. Um, I didn't think of that. I would have used it a long time ago <laughs> with my dogs. <laughs> they were saying another. Now I'm just wearing my shoulder out. Another use of it is if you've got one of those real energetic dogs that wants to run a long way, right. use it with a tennis ball. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you slide a tennis ball right in there too. Get you one of them uh, uh, flattened tennis balls, not flat in, but flat. You know, when you bounce it, it doesn't go real, doesn't right, bounce right, real high. Right. Um, so it's so it's got a, a little bit more give to it. the The ATF has determined the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms the of of the branch that regulates the National Firearms Act. Your, your favorite agency? My my favorite. Listen, I I have we have very good friends there. <laughs> Many good friends yeah, and yeah. people that are that are that are well, but sometimes a decision comes down and you're like, mm-hmm. "Huh? Why? Wow. <laughs> you want me to what? what it's like the dog looking at the phonograph, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they like, say, like a like a monkey looking at a wristwatch, like a <laughs> like a cow looking at a new gate, you know, like a like a hog looking at a math problem, you know, <laughs> just. I don't know. Hey, I don't hey, hey, hey. easy on the guys from Arkansas. There, oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> the ATF has decided. How did he know I got a new watch? That this is now a National Firearms Act regulated item, which means you can own. I, I, I don't know what it means because yeah, it doesn't, it's not, it's not it doesn't fall into a classification. It's not very specific. It's, it's not a certain bird rifle. It says it's an AOW, which is classified as an any other weapon. But that doesn't meet any of the parameters. Don't don't go don't come at me with your common sense there, lawyer. All right. No, no, it's not common <laughs> yeah. sense. I, I know what the NF, the National Firearms Act says about AOWs and. That ain't no AOW. Normally to become an, an, an any other weapon or a, a National Firearms Act uh, a determined item 
It has to be a short barrel rifle, which is under 16 inches, short barrel shotgun, which is under 18 inches. It has to be suppressed sound on a, on a standard uh, mm-hmm. sub, uh, item that shoots bull, or, or a bullet. Or, 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 or it makes it louder. Or, yeah, yeah, or it makes it louder. That's another, another A can that those, makes it louder is also a suppressor. Yep. Some of those durable ones. Or it has to be a machine gun. By machine gun, I mean pull the trigger once, more than one bullet comes out. This, or an AOW and any other weapon. Any other weapon. And normally those are shotguns that never had a stock, a right. shoulder stock. They only ever had a pistol grip, and you can put a barrel down to as short as six inches with a forward pistol grip on them. A a pen gun. A pen gun okay. is also an AOW. Pen gun. Uh, th- those are the, kind of the things that just don't fit anywhere else. Right. They're, they fit into they're any other weapon. because of their configuration. That tax stamp is only a $5 tax stamp. Roger. Rather than a $200 like all the other items we talked about. But it is still odd for the ATF to come along. Some of the things that could have made this a controlled item is if the barrel had been Threaded. rifled. Right. A if rifled were barrel. A 16-inch barrel, or I guess it would be any length barrel. Right. Could be four feet long, yep. but if it's greater than a half inch diameter, then it would be a regulated destructive device. Correct, unless it was muzzle loading, uh, muzzle loading, or, or if it was a non rifled barrel. But it is muzzle loading. The projectile <laughs> is, is muzzle loaded. <laughs> yeah, it's not black powder. It's muzzle loading. Right now, if it has a rifled barrel, that makes it a destructive device. Roger. That's why a flare launcher. Isn't. Is not, because it's a flare launcher. It shoots smoke, gas, and... And, uh, and, it, and, and it's smooth and, board. And flares. Yes, a smooth board. This is smooth board. It's not shooting a projectile. It's it's odd, and I, and I really want to wait and find out. Oh, I'm going to have to wait and find out, because they have not published yeah, they haven't reason. figured out how to tell <laughs> us why. Uh, but it, it, the company has informed its customers that uh, ATF has determined that this isn't any other weapon. Yeah, you know what? It popped into my mind is Nancy Pelosi. When the Health Care Act came out, look, yeah, we have to pass it before you can understand what it means. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we have to tell you it's regulated. We'll tell you why later. Yeah. Okay. When? When oh, we're ready. Like it. The uh, the ATF has said that, or I, I'm sorry, the the manufacturer here, uh, it's by X Products. They have requested ATF to clarify their reason, and ATF has said, uh, well, you might have to wait up to 120 days for resolution on this. Uh, if the alteration or alterations uh, that X Products is proposing to get this out of the any other weapon category are approved, then everything should be fine. But now, in the meantime, all the ones that they've produced since then are now any other weapons. And if you have them that have not been registered, uh, you're committing a felony. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what kind of time frame the ATF is going to give you. If you have so, a can launcher, so, please go to X Products websites, get the information, educate yourself, so you don't end up in the back of a squad car. So I, I buy a legal item, somebody in the ATF changes their mind, and now I'm a criminal. Oh, yeah, it's kind of well, like alcohol. It's legal, well, but well, now we're going to pass an uh, amendment that says it's not. Okay. Well, well, I bought a, an Atkins accelerator when they first came out, and uh, ATF sent us a note that said, send us a spring, take it out. Send us the spring. <laughs> yep. So I had to no take mo- it out and send them the spring. No moving parts. Listen, thank you for listening to Arms Room Radio. We'll be back next hour with a whole bunch of great topics. Please, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you aren't ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. So Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Caltech Studios. We'll see you after the break.
live from the Keltec Studios. It's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast from the Keltec Studios. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Doing good. Everybody have a good break? Oh, yes. I know it's a couple minutes long. I, I, I myself got a little uh, PT in, little push-ups, little sit-ups, getting going. I've got... Uh, I've got nope, don't cl- lie. You went to the bathroom. Well, well, listen, you go to the bathroom like I do. There's push-ups, <laughs> there's push-ups and sit-ups involved. All right? All right, I've got that. He doesn't want to sit on the seat, so it's more like an iron cross. <laughs> I don't know if you guys caught it or not, but... Uh, but how does he do it when... The room's crooked. Uh, Earl and I have been invited to the American Adversaries uh, pizza, not pizza, spaghetti, 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 spaghetti eating. eating contest uh, tomorrow or Monday night. Well, yep. Earl's, yep. Earl's going to cheat. Earl, well, Shut listen, up. I'm going because they no, no. said if he, you're in the contest, you eat for free. So he, he's going to hide it. Saying. He's going to cheat. He's going to get a free meal. He's, he's going to hide it in his beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could. He could. He could have three, four Dang meals. He could shake it and have a meal for five. You guys are busting me out. I'm going to check. On my right, my right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone, the soon-to-be spaghetti-eating contest champion of American Adversaries, <laughs> his, his name is Earl. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want me. They wanted you. They're yeah, like, uh, we're, listen, we're, we're inviting Earl, so we, yeah. we figured we should invite you, too. You and and, and you're bigger than I am now, I'm too. A, so. 180 pounds of radio steel and sex appeal, baby. <laughs> Yeah, ready well, to go. We got to be bigger here. For you to be bigger than Earl, you must be made out of tungsten. <laughs> Sitting across from me at the ten o'clock position is the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja himself. Please welcome him back, Mr. Kevin Maxwell. And all my parts are titanium. <laughs> titanium. Yeah. High Doctor speed. Implanted. High speed. Non-magnetic. <laughs> we can build them faster, stronger, better. We can rebuild him. We yeah. have the technology. And, and you know, when they put these in, it was like a dollar eighty. <laughs> not six million. <laughs> he's he's a six ninety five dollar man. <laughs> the aluminum foil man. <laughs> they didn't have aluminum when they were doing this. Yeah, we still called aluminium. Aluminium, yes. Because we didn't exist. That's right. He's actually a twenty seven point six million dollar man. Twenty seven point six million dollar man. Yes, that's good. There we go. There, there we go. Oh, yeah. The fourth largest uh, yeah. sixth, sixth, sixth largest jury verdict in the United mm-hmm. States in two thousand twelve. Right. Nicely played. It must be bonus time. Yeah. Right? Oh. Darn right. <laughs> uh, and the bonus will be going to the samurai sidekick, Mr. Alec. Um, L, there it is. L. Weber. Alec L. Weber. <laughs> Sir. Esquire. Sir. Sir. He Esquire. Read, he read my card. <laughs> so, Alec, um, is it a private bonus? Is it a group bonus? How does that work? When, when, it is when whatever the magnanimous man writes the check for. Magnet. I told you I'm non-magnetic. <laughs> a, you know, he's, he's actually creating a private investigator firm. I don't know if you've heard that. It's magnanimous PI. Ooh. He's going to he's going with there. <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> See, what See what you did there. <laughs> Special guest in the room. You haven't heard him yet. He's been quiet the whole day. Uh, special guest in the room. We have from all the way from Washington State, not Washington, D.C. That's kind of close, <laughs> comparatively speaking. I mean, I'm not walking there or anything, you know, but um, <laughs> comparatively speaking, Washington State is Mr. Kevin Hayes, the founder, owner, operator of Two Dogs 
Armory. There you go. Two Dogs Armory. And I'd like to thank you for the uh, complimentary tickets to get down here. The airfare was awesome. No problem. Listen, you, First class was awesome. I, I, I'm, I'm impressed that you guys have that kind of money. Greyhound has benefits people don't understand. Well. It's it's. It's a it's a great place. It's a great place. Bus with take wings. The, take the bus and leave the driving to Gus. There you, go. you know, it's just just like that. No problems, no worries. Kevin, you're in town. Uh, we we had you out to the shop this week. Uh, we think I like it. Like it. Like yeah, it. All right. Okay. I, I gave your sidekick a little uh, little hint on when you decide to expand into your uh, instructional areas. And yes. Such, so yes. Good, Give a little good. code advice there, and you're you're good to go. We can, we we take care of codes. Fine. It's yeah. it's it's usually just cash <laughs> when the code guy comes around. Go. Did a little <laughs> little risk management. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I was supposed that to say was, that. That's jocularity. <laughs> that was jocularity. Jocularity. <laughs> jocularity. Just fun and <laughs> it's like no, no. Our code guys are strictly uh, credit card payments. Um, no, no, more jocularity. Sorry, the. Uh, uh, it, we we have a good relationship with all of our county and state and federal employees. Yeah. Trade and ammo. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trade now. Yeah, exactly. We take it and trade. So you're down. You're just finishing up the week down here. I am. You're down for some for some work from the other job. The other job. Uh, for uh, Kevin is uh, for those of you that are associated with two dogs out there in Washington State has been in the uh, the fire service for. Several hundred years now. About several. That. Yeah, that started when I was twelve. <laughs> 12. So I've been in like uh, thirty-seven years, forty years total service. And, and you are the, the the the. I'm sorry, and I don't want to mess it up. It's the uh, uh, your, your position now, your elected position. I'm also a fire commissioner out Snohomish County That's Fire it. District 17, Granite Falls. Fire commissioner. So so and, and you were at Boeing with fire. Boeing department. fire. Um, so currently employed with Boeing Fire, been thirty-seven years. That's uh, that's amazing. Thirty-seven years. Kevin, older than Kevin? Well, he, a, he fought fires, and I invented it. <laughs> Flip a coin. Yeah, that's it. Could cut him open and count the rings. I mean, I don't really have any other Hey, 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 I told DNA you. Quit, get away here. from here, that saw. Yeah. No, you're uh, not drilling a core sample. Cut it out. Yeah. Uh, so while while Kevin Hayes, two-dog Kevin, two-dog, and by the way, what's, what kind of dogs are those? Dog de Bordeaux, French Mastiffs. French Mastiffs. Big dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah. of them. Three, three of them. Three of them. But he named the company when he had two of them. Two of them. Yeah, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you'd have to go back now and you have to refile, go back to ATF know. and refile. Like, yeah, exactly. and I, I just don't want them back to, for a visit. Yeah, why so are you changing it's a loaner dog. It's not, it's not actually an owner. It's a loaner. It's a loaner. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just my, an extra. It's my security firm. What it is is he has two dogs, but one of his dog has a dog. Has a dog. Yes. So, you know, that's technically. Perfect. I like yeah. that. Yeah. VP of operations. That's it. Yeah, exactly right. Uh I know how it feels. You're not the top dog, you're the bottom dog, Earl. Is that what you're trying to tell us? So so this week Kevin and Earl worked some projects out. There's some uh, there's some things coming, there's some uh, collaboration uh that that's going on and I'm sure Earl will tell me about it at some point. And uh and and we will uh I'll let you know when you need to. Okay. <laughs> so you'll be seeing a lot more of the arms room product out there in Washington State. And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing some more of the Two Dogs product here in Florida. So it should uh, should work out rather well. For those in the industry that would understand that, Michael does not have currently have a need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't want to mess it it's up. It's a security but clearance let, thing. I'll let Earl and Kevin figure it out. And when, when they got it done, they can uh, 
they could tell me where I need to sign the check. That's right. You know? yeah. Where do I send the money? And, it's, uh, uh, it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. Spoken like a married man. <laughs> I do that all the time. Speaking of a married man, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going to do that. One. Should we do the joke? Should we do the joke? Do the joke. I saw I saw one of those memes today, and it said, um, "Why doesn't?" Stevie Wonder get to see his friends, or why can't Stevie Wonder see his friends? <laughs> I've seen this one. <laughs> uh, why can't Stevie Wonder see his friends? And the answer is, he's, he's mar- married. He's married. Yeah, <laughs> he's married. So, so I'm sorry, married man, if I got any oh, trouble. Man. When you sent me that, I told my wife that joke, and she did not think that was funny. You weren't supposed to tell your wife. <laughs> You're listening to Arms Radio, coming to you live from the Keltec Studios. We'll see you after the break. You're listening to Armstrong Radio, live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Armstrong Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Armstrong Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Kiltech Studios. Welcome back to Armstrong Radio. Good looking crowd in there, Earl. Good looking crowd. How many? What's the waiting list right now to to get the tickets for the show to get in here? Long, long very list. Long. How do they get a hold of you for requests for tickets to to come see the show? What's the What's the contact information here at the old Arms Room Radio? They can send us an email, radio at armsroom dot com. They can hit us up on the old Facebook, facebook dot com slash Arms Room Radio, your favorite, and eh, not really mine. Uh, they can send us a tweet <laughs> on Twitter. At Arms Room Radio, or then give us a call. I got in trouble this week. I thought with uh, Twitter, I, I no nuts. Well, I thought I sent out a couple of the, of the tweets there, trying to update the the peoples, and <laughs> I got some <laughs> sort of, of a I got a, I got a, a note back via email from from Twitter, and I thought, oh man, I've screwed this up somehow, <laughs> and um, it said I had been retweeted, and I thought. <laughs> That doesn't sound good. I don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute. What, 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 what is this? I don't know what that what meant. And I had to go. And I was like, and I opened it up. And I'm like, well, this is my tweet. How did, how, why are they showing me my own tweet? And evidently <laughs> some other people liked it. And I guess you could send it again. Yes. People yep, can copy your stuff and send that's it. That's pretty it's much like what it is. Yep. It's like legal plagiarizing. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you put it out. No, it's, it's not, not legal. It's not illegal because they notified you you've been retweeted. You put it out there for that very purpose so that other people share your content with other people. Re, re, I, I got that going for me this week then, which is nice. Congratulations. So, so I, Retweeting is not as bad as reneging. <laughs> there's a story there. There's a story there, and we're going we're gonna to wait until we get Move approval from the big lawyers for that no, one. Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah. Move along. Uh, Warren, you guys checked this, this, this story out earlier this week out of Warren, Michigan. Uh, the I mayor, love this guy. The mayor says <laughs> it's his Second Amendment right. After a concealed permit uh, licensee holder shoots the bank robber, robber. What I, I said, robber. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you, said, right. you, said it, you said it right, and then you corrected robber. yourself, right? Robber. Because I, I was thinking robbery, robber. All right. uh, alleged bank robber, and by alleged, I mean the bank robber. <laughs> the guy that did it. Well, it's not so alleged if you walk out and you threaten somebody else with a gun with the money you just got from yeah. the tellers. Yeah. 
and yeah. get shot for your troubles. Henry Mann, 43, came out on the bad end of a one-sided gunfight <laughs> with a lawful gun owner this week. That's not good. Yeah, no, no. For him. A, a concealed carry permit holder in Warren, Michigan, found himself face-to-face with a bank robber and shot the man three times. Yes, he did. did he, you know why you shoot a man three times? Because he didn't listen the first not, two. The two's not yeah. enough and yeah. four's too many. Because at two, the threat still existed. And do you know what he said afterwards? Denny Crane. <laughs> yes, he did. Denny Crane. Yes, yes, he did. The uh, permit holder, Reuben Kendrick, encountered the alleged armed robber Monday afternoon as the gunman was leaving the Citizens Bank near Nine Mile with $11,000 in cash garnered from the tellers. That's a lot from a bank robbery. Usually, yeah. That's a pretty good haul. Yeah, yeah usually mm-hmm. you don't see that much coming yeah, from a probably, bank, from probably bank robbers. Probably a couple of guys going to be talking to the tellers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. a lot to have in a drawer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, upon threatening the permit holder, the robber, see, now, now that we're four paragraphs in, he's no longer alleged. <laughs> he's been shot. We know time. now. Well, we've got proof now. Well, we <laughs> just said he had the 11,000, so <laughs> now we can change. Yeah, yeah. We can say, drop the alleged. There, there is continuity in the story. That's yes. Upon threatening the permit holder, the robber, Henry Mann, 43, picked up three gunshots from the citizen, as reported <laughs> by the Detroit Free Press. Yeah. That's not something I want to pick yeah, up. That's a, hey, while you're out, could you get me some milk and pick up three gunshots? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Y- y- what kind y- of milk? Y- your grandmother ever spank you, and every time she hit you, it was like, don't you ever yeah, run I, from me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, multiple yeah. times. I, I got a feeling that it was kind of one of those things. Don't I told do- you no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 63-year-old responded in kind by defending himself. Warren Mayer... Jim Fouts, you think that's them? You think it's the Jim Fouts, the football player Jim Fouts? I thought that was Warren Mayer. Jim Fouts told the news it's his Second Amendment right. Yeah. Uh, man was subsequently handcuffed by responding officers and taken into custody with non-life-threatening injuries. While they were laughing, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Re- recovered, <laughs> at, recovered at the scene where the robbers loaded but unfired Colt Mark IV and the majority of the cash. Well, if if it was the majority, I don't know where he would have spent the rest of the cash, but if it was the majority <laughs> of the cash. But if he dropped it screaming, it yeah, might exactly have floated right. away. It's because yeah. he threw it up in the air and said, that old man just shot me three times. <laughs> I got the answer to your question. Okay. No. Not the same Jim Fouts. Okay. Addressing reports that the permit holder shot the robber once in each arm <laughs> and one time in the legs with his Smith & Wesson shield. Fouts commended the apparent marksmanship of the citizen. Okay, that's the part I love. Do you know how much self-control it takes to change your trained Mozambique technique of two to the chest and one to the head to go elbow, elbow, kneecap? Do you want me to stop now or slow down? Uh, That's just being rude. uh I mean, that's just, oh, you want to carry a gun? I carry one, too. I'm happy that no one was seriously injured. Mayor I'm Jim sure. Fouts I'm sure the guy didn't think it was serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. shot me three times. The robber did not say that. Yeah. I'm never going to unzip my own pants again, and I'm going to walk with a limp. <laughs> he apparently exercised some caution by not shooting the robber in a vital area. Come back here, and I'll bite your kneecaps yeah, off. That's... Fouts, who made headlines last month <clears throat> for his move to ban flamethrowers for all but law enforcement and their official users. Urged restraint in defensive gun uses. All right, there's, hold on that sentence, just a couple, I got to get there around that sentence. Um, ban flamethrowers. All right, well, maybe we don't want people walking around with unlicensed flamethrowers. I mean, you want to do Because flamethrower, we know that you, you could buy a flamethrower without having a background check because it's not a 
ironically, but to the firearm. Yes, <laughs> think about this. If uh, Mr. Kinder could use a firearm, it's a flame we'd have arm, lost the money. A, That's the only bad thing that would happen. We'd have lost the money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Flamethrowers have an inherent danger. Right. You, but can cross, says, you can cross the streams. He wants them crossed off the list except for law enforcement use. Now, I can tell you. I, <laughs> I can tell you. Wait, 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 wait. I have seen those used in a tactical application by law enforcement twice. Uh, uh, all right. Are you talking about hairspray and a lighter because there was a, a spider in the office? Waco. Yeah. Waco. That was not a legitimate purpose. <laughs> I didn't say it was legitimate. I said it was law enforcement right. in a tactical application. I have never once in 20 years of law enforcement said, you know what You know what will end this situation peacefully? A flamethrower. A flamethrower. <laughs> Okay. And we just shoot it a couple times in the front yard and let them know, hey, we're yeah. really getting mad. Now, there are a certain couple of neighborhoods I wouldn't have mind flamethrowing right off the off the map, but that was never a legitimate purpose. I, I don't know. I don't know how or what's going on in this town that they don't want the citizens to have flamethrowers, but they do want law enforcement to have them. So um, that's hmm. kind of weird. Weed um, control. Yeah. yeah. I, I get, now, what, Kevin. You've been a fireman for 37 years. You, you, do you want citizens having flamethrowers? Yes, job security. <laughs> well, there you go. That sits it perfectly. That sits it perfectly. That's why I believe yeah. in gay marriage. There's going to be gay divorce. <laughs> that's exa- I'll say they're in Michigan. What about a flamethrower to clear out your driveway in the wintertime? You know, no, no, that's a bad plan. What? Because that flaming fluid flows with the water and can run into a house <laughs> down the street Ooh, and catch it on okay. fire. Yeah, yeah. They get uh, job security. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to not that him. I've ever seen that, but just trying to help yeah. a buddy out over yeah. here. Be careful. Yeah. The mayor said that he would caution people against using firearms unless absolutely necessary. Uh, agreed. It's a it's a uh, last resort. It's it's not the. Uh, uh, hey, can you shut the porch light out for me? Sure. <laughs> Boom. You know, it's not. That's not what we're doing. You know? Yeah. There's a cockroach on the wall. Yeah. Hand me the forty five. Yeah, I'm going to exactly, end this yeah. problem right now. Yeah. Not like Elvis Presley, and you know that's there's, the way you turn the TV off. That's yeah. right. There's a spider. Give me the can cannon. That's right. Give me the can cannon. Well. Unfortunately, now you have to register that with the NFA. Class three. It's class three item now, and you can't do that. There's your legitimate purpose. I'm kidding. Yeah, there you go. I just loaded it with a bean bag. That's all. And if they don't think so, show them arachnophobia. That's, that's right. Man reportedly had an extensive criminal history, including a conviction on second-degree murder and assault with bodily harm, less than murder, in 1989. It is unclear how he obtained the handgun used in this week's robbery. Oh, wait, wait. I want to guess. I want to guess. Um, illegally? No, no. He filled out a forty four seventy three, and I sold it to him anyway. It yeah, was the sure. gun show loophole. Yeah, the gun show loophole. Yeah, Let's that see. Is. That's where you go to the gun show, wait. and they do the background check, right? That loophole? Uh, wait, yeah, that one. That's the one. He found it walking along the side of the road in Buffalo. <laughs> that's right. If you recall, when the cold weather comes up north, yep, they move exactly. south. Many guns, because they're unbeknownst to their right. owners, they're migrating. Will migrate from uh, warm residence, uh, <laughs> cold weather to warm weather. Cold weather to warm they're, weather. They're they're very transitory. These we, wandering firearms. We have we Snowbirds. have proof. We have we have we have we have spoken to other mayors in the northern <laughs> states, and we know that these firearms tend to flee the cold weather. They went to well, they can't convention. produce their own body heat because they're made of metal. Well, they can, but they have to pull their own triggers. And then there's there's a brief flash <laughs> and some heat. Yeah, they warm up a little bit. <laughs> Pulling their own triggers? That's There's nothing nothing, nothing wrong with that. All right, so 
uh, I, I've you know hats off uh, to uh, the, the, up there. Let me tell you this though: if you are ever encountered, and this is what we instruct here in Florida, I'm not sure, Kevin, you're an instructor in in Washington State, so you you tell me um, when you when you teach somebody to use a firearm uh, in self defense, you're not teaching them to shoot at elbows and knees. No, center mass. Center mass. Put it right there in the in the center. Well, I know Kevin likes headshots. It's, Kevin Kevin Maxwell. I have a tattoo. Yep, yep. It only counts. Yeah, yeah. Headshots, headshot. Only headshots count. But that's why I use the art of Mozambique. It's two to the chest, one to the head. Right. Um, that's just so I can make sure the gun's operating properly. Correct. It's, correct. Correct. Boom, boom. Okay, there's so, two test shots. Yeah. So please take from this story that uh, self-defense and, this, and the Second Amendment and your concealed weapons permit are are good things. And then, uh, and from this, please remember, you, you shoot center mass. Stop the threat. You're not trying to wound or do anything weird. Uh, you're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We will see you after the break. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Kiltech Studios. The Fallen Hero segment of Arms Room Radio is proudly brought to you by MaxLawOrlando.com. Army Staff Sergeant Jason A. Benford died September 27, 2005, serving during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Benford, 30, of Toledo, Ohio, was assigned to the 2nd Battalion, 69th Armor Regiment, 3rd Brigade, 3rd Infantry Division, Fort Benning, Georgia. He was killed when his patrol was attacked by enemy sniper fire in Ramadi, Iraq. Benford joined the Army in 1994, staying for 11 years. He was on his second tour in Iraq when he was killed. He met his wife, Kimberly, while stationed at Fort Benning near her hometown. They were married in January 1998. My mother had told me not to date soldiers, she said laughing, but I did and married him anyway. Additional survivors include his two children, Lane and Jacob, his mother, Mary Benford of Sarasota, Florida, and his brother, John Benford of Pensacola, Florida. Army Staff Sergeant Jason A. Benford, you are not forgotten. If you'd like to get a hold of Max Law Orlando, there's a couple of different ways that you can get a hold of us. Uh, the first is you can call us at the office. It's 407-480-2179. You could reach us on our website, maxlaworlando.com. You could reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash downtownattorneys. And Mike's favorite, the Twitters, at Max Law Orlando. Thank you, Alec. Uh, I want to reiterate with the last story. That we, we, we just talked to you about a self-defense story in Warren, Michigan. When you defuse your firearm for self-defense, your target is center mass. Your goal is put the target down, cease the threat. Uh, that is what every instructor will tell you. Kevin, if they if they start getting fancy, oh, I don't, I'm just going to wound, I'm going to take out a knee, I'm going to go for an elbow, or I'm going to shoot the gun out of his hand. What, what, what's liability to at that point when you miss the big meaty part of the target 
and miss the little elbow, and that bullet skips down the street towards the middle school. Uh, Transferred intent. Go ahead and plan to spend most of the rest of your life paying both me and the person you hit. Because not only is that bullet got a lawyer on it, everybody it passes through is going to have a lawyer attached to it. Put it in the middle of the target with the hopes that it stays in the target if you've selected the proper ammunition and the threat is neutralized with the least amount of force necessary. Kevin brings up a good point, ammunition selection. Uh, Earl, one of the reasons you select a proper ammunition, you want the a hollow point. What's, what's the benefits of the hollow point ammunition? Hollow point, it expands on impact, uh, creating more hydrostatic shock in uh, soft tissue. Uh, hydrostatic shock helps incapacitate the central nervous system, uh, rendering the, the threat... Uh, Neutralized. It also transfers more of its kinetic energy more rapidly. So when it expands and dumps that kinetic energy, it doesn't have a tendency to overpenetrate and pass through the target. The the cheap ammo on the shelf, the full metal jacket, the ball ammo. Target ammo. Range. It's target and range ammo. That's what you want that for. That is typically, uh, in the military, that's the primary ammunition. Because the Geneva Conventions mandates it. Well, and, and yes, Geneva Convention mandates, uh, it's very weird the way the Geneva Convention bounces but around. There's but a reason for that, too. Yeah, the, one there's of the, a the, tactical the, reason. Exactly. The tactical purpose is, I shoot bad guy, round incapacitates bad guy or kills bad guy, goes through bad guy, hits other bad guys standing behind him or next to him. So now I've pulled the trigger one time, I may have injured three, now I've got three other guys coming to drag them out, plus the medic. That one time I pulled the trigger, I could have tied up eight, nine, ten guys. Right. All right. That's the reason. It's not to. Uh, it's not like in the civilian world. You don't want to be popping people or carrying around ball ammo or full metal jacket ammo if you're in the civilian world. You want that one round to stay in the target, and that's the biggest, massest, fleshy part of the body, and that's the center mass. Just like and that's where two all dogs, those, Kevin there, said, center there's mass. A, there's a lot of really important things in there. There are, there are. There, there's, there's a, uh, uh, the, 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 the big sacks with air in them. Yeah, the, the, the uh, respiratory system. That's them. Lungy things. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The, the, uh... Oh my god. <laughs> there's a, there's a, Lungy there's things. a, a pump. There's a pump. The pump is in there. So if you want to get uh, the, the pump, the, you get the uh, pump. The filters. The filters. All three. That's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Folks, every, the reason you're shooting at center mass, the rib cage is there protecting all the vital organs. The bullet will go through that rib cage into the vital organs, put the target down. And, and even if it doesn't, Earl, you're an then instructor pieces here. of the ribs will go through. Earl, yes. Earl, you're, Earl, you're an instructor here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Any place else you've ever instructed anybody to shoot or seen uh, told somebody to shoot? No. You mean, you mean no. in another state or another no, part in, of the body? No, another part on the body. No, uh-uh. Two dogs, Kevin, your instructor out in Washington State. Any place else you've ever told somebody to shoot? Nope. Kevin, Alec, you're licensed in a couple of states to practice law. Any place else you've ever heard, it's acceptable to shoot the bad guy and you'll go away scot-free. And have uh, no liability. Uh, other than center of mass or the head? Correct. Okay. No. 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 And, okay. and the, you know... A lot of this depends on what you are armed with. Yes. And if you know that you need to incapacitate this person, and because of the circumstance or the combat you find yourself in, you decide to take a headshot. That's 
not going to get you in any more trouble if you're fighting for your life than shooting them in the center of the mass. But if you shoot them in the elbow on purpose or the knee on purpose, because you have so much control over the circumstances that you didn't need to defend your life, this was just your, I'm going to incapacitate them. You probably shouldn't have pulled the trigger in the first place. There's an old episode of, uh, I think it was Magnum PI where the, the Thomas is trying to talk the bad guy down uh, and he's holding a gun on, uh, somebody he wants to hurt. And the guy's got a, he's holding a baseball bat next to him and the guy lifts up the baseball bat and all of a sudden the guy that he's trying to take the gun from shoots it and the baseball bat explodes. <laughs> well, that makes the guy freak out. And he drops the, he drops what's left of the bat and gets on the ground. And Thomas says, nice shooting. He goes, uh, I was aiming for his chest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed. Yeah. Oops. So it's, it's, uh, it's got some byproducts, but it's not what you're looking for. Uh, Alec, you made mention of Denny Crane. You're you're an attorney. I'm sure Denny Crane is to you like Yogi Berra and other baseball players are to me. Um, Denny Crane's uh, my idol. Denny Crane, uh, D- Denny Crane briefly is? He is um, William Shat- played by William Shatner in Boston Legal. Boston Legal. He was a very uh, uh, prolific, powerful attorney. That's right. And then there was one scene where he gets robbed. That's right. And then this oh. is the audio. This is the audio. Let's see if this works here. This is the audio from the robbery. How about if I just blow your brains out right now? That doesn't work for me. Work for you? Hey. All right. All right. Watch. Wallet. Gun. Right foot, left foot. Thank God for guns, huh, Jerry? Okay, that's that's what that's what Alec was referring to. Somebody like him, yeah. He's He's a big shot lawyer. He's got connections. (laughs) He knows people. He's also got Matt Cow, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) True, true. And it's a TV show. Yes, it's a TV show. Let's let's specify that. He knows TV people. Of course, he's also well, Captain, he's, Kirk. He's Captain Kirk. I mean, he's Captain. Kirk. Yeah, that's that's all you need to say. He's T.J. Hooker. I <laughs> mean, Hooker, he's, yeah. you know, he's 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 got he's got it all. He's a rocket man. He is a rocket man. He is a he's a legend. He's a legend. And he's still kicking. He is. You know. He is. Yeah. Price line. Apparently, he can weld bronze. Okay. I saw he? that on television the other day. He's built a bronze statue of himself with a welder. <laughs> <laughs> statue of himself? Dude, I, oh I, my gosh. I know a lot about metallurgy from my years in the aerospace industry before I was a lawyer, and that's a mad skill if you can weld bronze. I, I never... I've seen embraced bronze, but I never seen him weld with well, an acetylene torch. It's a phaser. It's, it's a phaser on low setting. That's right. Yeah, phaser on low setting. And you that's can, a really you can weird, that's a weird setting. Is, is, setting is, yeah. is that stun or is that something in between? Well, it's, 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 in the, it's in the stun. It's, it's I think probably it's like, like some sort of a high stun. Yeah. yeah. Stun, okay. Setting five. Yeah, Bro- setting broil, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Is that type one phaser or type two, though? Type one. Type one. Okay. Gotcha. A little bit easier to control, a little more pinpoint. You can weld bronze. Bunch of Star Trek nerds. I don't know what you're talking about. What you're talking about? Plasma rifle in a 40-watt range. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. You're listening to Arms Room Radio. We're coming to you live from the Keltec Studios. we get back, I don't know, potluck. We'll figure out what we're going to talk to you about. <laughs> we got Kevin Hayes here from Washington State. We want to talk to him about uh, what's going on out there a little bit in uh, I-594 and how uh, the, the citizens out there are responding. We'll talk to you when we get back from the break. Potluck. They brought food? Yeah. No, I, I ate it already. I Dibs. <laughs> 
Too late. Listening to Armstrong Radio live from the Keltech Studios. Call the Armstrong Hotline right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now more Armstrong Radio live coast to coast with Mike and the guys in the Keltech Studios. Welcome back to Armstrong Radio. Uh, we've been talking to him for the last hour. Well, he's been sitting in with us, been been part of the crew. Shaking his head in Shaking. total disbelief. <laughs> yeah. saying, what did I just become a part of? This is wow, what these guys really do. really is a bunch of guys sitting around a gun shop talking about fart jokes. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be going back to my EAP counselor when I get back to work. Yes, yeah, yeah. those guys are, are great. I don't know if they can help you with what we've done to you, but, but the EAP program. <laughs> it's a uh, start. Employee yeah. assistance it's program a is, is, good, is a good starting point. We, not, we might need to give you a white jacket. <laughs> yeah. With long uh, sleeves. Kevin, let's talk about what's going on with law up there. Kevin, two dogs. Kevin, let's talk about what's uh, law up there in Washington State. I-594 passed back in November. Right. Uh, it went into effect, uh, was it immediately or January? Yeah, or? it was uh, six months later, in okay. the middle of the year. Okay. Um, I-594, if I recall, is the law that says I can't hand my gun to my buddy at the range uh, and say, here, try this one. Well, it's a little bit. Deeper than that, okay. it's actually at uh, the uh, the transfer of a firearm from a private party to a private party. Okay, there's some caveats in the law that allows you to do that with You're the family right. at the or range, whatever. It's okay. At the range, family, it's okay. Yeah. But if my buddy said, um, "Hey, listen, I'm going out of town. Um, uh, my wife's got some kids hanging out. They've been packed across the backyard. Can we borrow a gun while you're gone?" That you can't do. That anymore. well, so the, the, right now there has been a test of that. Okay. There's some discussions that that might actually be a problem, but it actually it's it's the intent is is to prevent illegal transfer of a firearm from one person to another, right. and that could be either in commerce, it could be on a trade, it could be in you know loaning to sure. somebody. So so let me make sure I understand something. I loan a rifle on a fairly regular basis to the Wounded Warrior Program, and they use my firearm and my ammunition to go on those hunts, and. I occasionally get a hindquarter. Yeah, right. I've actually bought of more, game, by the way, yeah, of yeah, game animal. Yeah. Yeah. I deer. Yeah, um, and I have more meat in my freezer from that than I've ever killed myself. Are you telling me in Washington State I couldn't make that loan to the Wounded Warrior Program? Again, it hasn't been tested. The speculation is that that would be an illegal transfer because you could be transferring the gun to somebody who cannot legally possess it. How are you supposed to know that? You're supposed to go to a dealer. Do the forty four seventy three, pay the price, do the background check, etc. So, I'm going by his DD two fourteen that he lost a leg. Yeah, that's that's usually yeah. You know, here's what strikes me with odd about the five ninety four is that um, if I wanted to sell you my car, we don't have to go down to the DMV for me to make sure your license is valid. No, you do not. This is this is about me disposing of my personal property. I understand there's some due diligence that must be done. 
um, hey, buddy, are you a convicted felon? You know, or first of all, I'm not selling a gun to somebody I just don't know. And if I do decide I want to sell a gun to somebody I don't know, I will make the extra effort to go down to a gun shop and pay to get the transfer done. But to tell me I, you're, you're, you're eliminating 90% of the people that I, you know, will come in contact with today that I could sell that firearm to, it sounds like a, a, a violation of my personal property rights. It, it might constitute a taking under the Constitution because they're depriving you of the ability. I mean, I suppose if you did try to make the loan, the government would seize the property. That's a taking without due process. Well, the, the, the difficulty in that is, is who is going to uphold the law, who's going to back the law. It's, it, the law doesn't do anything except the law doesn't do anything except um, it's like a, a, an emotional stopgap measure for to feel good about it, right? Yeah. People who this want was a Bloomberg to, law. Yeah, it, pretty much. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, the, right now, the the, the law. Um, I would say for the most part, I've made good money from it. You know, <laughs> sure. people coming up, and uh, I mean, it's you know, can you do this transfer for me, et cetera? I'm, right. Great, no problem. I'll charge you for that. Um, but that was always available to people. That was always available. Yes. Absolutely always available. Yeah. Now, um, this didn't correct something that didn't exist. No, it didn't. And I think for the most part, you know, being a man, member of several forums and, uh, you know, just kind of ingrained in the business is that people want to do the right thing. They don't want, if they legally possess and own a firearm, they don't want it to go into the wrong hands. And so there was always that to begin with. There was always, you know, private party exchange. I want to see your driver's license. Here's a barrel right. of sale. If it's a handgun, I'd like to see a CPL. Right. It's all that. And so that really hasn't changed much because the private sales are still going. I'm still being bypassed. It's like a lock prevents somebody from being, you know. It only it, keeps that honest people. Exactly. And so, you know, what I'm getting is I'm getting people that are scared. People have done the right thing, but they're scared of what that law might look like if, you know, somebody who can't enforce it, there's no enforcement arm to it, would find that transfer to be illegal. And how are they going to know? And now that's something I've seen as a result uh, of the people saying no is you have sheriffs, police chiefs, state's attorneys saying, um, yeah, it may listen, be the law, but I'm not going to enforce it. Yes, yeah, not going to clarify what this is. It's unfunded. And, yeah. and part of the law basically. You know, it leaves it up to local LEO to to you know make that determination on whether or not that transfer was legal. Well, they don't have a right to come in and look at my forty four seventy threes. Right, that's the background check form. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, how are they going to make that determination? And so, you know, the state has got a, a a mandatory pistol license requirement through the Department of Licensing. That's right. and basically that's just the way that they look at the sales and they can collect tax on them. That's that's really all it's about because there's a it's lot a of sales. Stream. Yeah. Exactly. That's all it is. And it's run by the Department of Licensing. So, um, you know, it, there's a lot of handguns that are out there that have swapped from hand to hand to hand, from family to family, and never were registered. I mean, they're, they, you know, they're never going to find those guns. And for the most part, those guns are still being, you know, transferred or, or sold by people, one, who are not going to follow along with the law, but they're still going to do the right thing. So until they're in the system, they're untrackable. Exactly. Was I mean, it you, there? You've heard of an off-paper gun? That's an off-off paper yeah, gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got, and just like Kevin said, we've got backdoor registration anyway, because when you get your con- your concealed permit license there, you're, regist- you're giving them the firearm information. Right, exactly. So for those that are, again, those that are playing by the rules and obeying the law, 
they're submitting to back or backdoor registration of firearms. So when you in your permits, you only can use one firearm for your permit. You have to list there's, the firearm you're going to carry. There's no there's no listing for the uh, firearm on the permits. It's a CPL. It's good for all all handy. all firearms. Yeah. Okay. What state do you have reciprocity with? Uh, Oregon. Um, it's a limited Utah. amount. Yeah, it's very limited. So I. It, I had to go out and get more permits just so I could carry further, you know, away from Washington State. So, um, you know, off the top of my head, I can't tell you. There was a, there was a, a, a just some nastiness going on there for a couple of the border states that, uh, you know, didn't, wouldn't have reciprocity with Washington because there is no requirement to uh, get certified by a, a licensed instructor. You just walk into your LEO and get fingerprinted. They do a background check and make sure that, you know, you have no court actions pending and that was it that was it yeah the 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 reciprocity issue is is uh is much different out west we've been out west kevin and i've been out there a couple of times kevin maxwell and i've been out there a couple of times and found some states that were you know hey you're arizona for instance you're in arizona you can carry a gun as long as you're not a convicted felon um been out to uh nevada nevada says no no you've got to have a permit to to do that so you got to take that class here in Nevada, so yeah, we took classes paper, in Nevada, and then Nevada entitled us to Oregon, Washington State, a couple others. It's it's weird because we don't run into that on the East Coast, except for you know occupied few, territories, right? Yeah, yeah, except for the couple of the occupied territories, the the, the New Jersey, New York, the Washington D.C. kind of area. So, wasn't there a a citizen? I don't want to call it a revolt. A citizen's uh, showing of uh, of Disdain. disapproval. Yes. Yeah. There's, yeah, there, there has been, and there will continue to be. Um, you know, the the law, the law as it's written, is is flawed. I think a lot of people understand that. But uh, just like uh, you know, one of the, we probably don't have enough time to talk about it. But some of the gun laws in in, in the state, including, um, well, you've you've heard my issues with the uh, short barreled rifle situation in Washington State. Yes, they recently uh, approved by law. That uh, you, as a uh, Washington resident, can own a short barreled rifle as long as you have obtained it legally, meaning through you know ATF and and all that. Well, a lot of people have uh, also looked at that as an opportunity to do a Form One and do take you know a standard rifle and turn it into an SBR. And ATF has looked at state law, and state law says, yeah, you can possess it, you can't manufacture it. And they're re-registering. So you can't do a Form One. No. That's what they're yeah. So I already have a several form ones under my own personal trust that were approved, but now, hey, I can read. I'm ATF. I can read. Washington State law says that's manufacturing. I that's manufacturing. So you can't do that anymore. Hence, I see some of the workings between Two Dogs Armory and the Arms Room. Yeah, coming out for manufacturing. Don't worry, I'm on it. Don't worry, he's on it. Kevin Hayes, thank you for being here. Uh, listen, I just I just found it uh, that. You got ten states with reciprocity: right. Idaho, Kansas, Louisiana. Well, that's good because you travel from Washington State to Louisiana probably every day, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, Twice on Sunday. You said North Carolina, Ohio. So this is really everything. The only state that touches yours is uh, looks like uh, nothing. Yeah, Idaho, Idaho. Yeah, Idaho is it. And yeah. so you know, in order for me to to be able to go into Oregon, which is yeah. not that far away, I had to get Oregon, which gave me. I don't know, Utah or Nevada. Yeah, so I've I've got four of them, and I'm good. Again, thank you for being here. Thank you very much to our our earlier guest, uh, Colonel Danny McKnight. That was a pleasure. Uh, Next weekend, gun show in Orlando, October 3rd and 4th at the Orlando High Lie. 
October 3rd and 4th, Orlando Highlight. Meet us out there for the gun show. Also uh, known as Orlando Live Events. Yes, thank you. It's the new Orlando Live Events. Until then, please remember to exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you aren't ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. Have a good week, guys. See you next week. See you next week.